Thanks for listening to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. <sighs> Steve, how's the banana? I got the banana all down, which was fun. And now, which is always cool, I have this banana peel, this empty banana peel. So I'm definitely going to put this on a sidewalk and wait for someone to slip later. <laughs> Get it on tape, go viral. Oh, that's great. Um, I was looking up this morning. Um, there was an article about The Mandalorian Season 3. How long are we going to have to wait? Okay, let's get that out of the way so we all determine how much we care about this going in. We are going to have to wait until the year 2022. Okay. Donna! I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay, we have to wait for things, don't you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I will lose interest. (laughs) Oh, geez. Well, listen. No, I loved this show from the time that. When I hear the yes. intro music, I'm yes. in. Friday night is set. MovieWeb.com uh, released an article today. Everything we know about the Star Wars series return. Now, it's going to come after the uh, the Boba Fett spinoff. Remember Boba Fett mm-hmm. joined the party last year? Yes. What are they calling that? The uh, the Diary of Boba Fett? Oh, goodness. Something like remember. that. It's going to come first, though. That The next Star Wars show is coming out in December of this year. So we can be excited about that, Donna. Okay, I'm not going to watch that. Donna. Are you? Yes. Do you hear this? Yeah, I do Oh, don't you feel like it? Turn it off for a second. You know what it feels like right now? The holiday season. Friday night, late November, early December. And you just get excited every time the show starts. Don't you feel like you're at home waiting to see what's going to happen? What's Grogu going to do next? <laughs> a little bit. I'm really sad about Grogu. Well, Grogu is not necessarily gone. Um, let's break this down what we know. Pedro Pascal, they do believe, is going to be returning spoiler for Mandalorian. Alert. We yeah, should probably spoiler. say yeah. that because we don't want to ruin it for anybody. Well, but but Pedro Pascal is the Mandalorian. Right. That's not a huge No, I, I just meant before whatever you're going to say. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And none of these feel like super... Eh, one of them is a little plot twisty. I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But they do believe that it's still going to be centering on his life, the Mandalorian. Um, and even though he's not always the man in the suit, he's been taking his armor off a little bit more. Fans have gotten to know Pedro Pascal, so do expect him um, to follow. His name is technically Din Djarin as the Mandalorian. And so expect that him to still be the central focus of the show. Here's a brief spoiler. If you're not all caught up on Mandalorian just yet, spoiler for 15 seconds. Turn down your radio. Okay. Make it 30. Make it 30. Uh, Grogu is now with Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. Season 3. That's how they left us at the end of Season 2. Mark Hamill comes back with this incredible aging, de-aging technology. Mm-hmm as Luke Skywalker, and takes Baby Yoda to go and train him to be a Jedi. So we are totally unsure still as to if we will see him, if we'll see Luke, if we'll see Grogu, if we'll see both, and when that would happen. Well, if we don't see Baby Yoda, people are going to be real, real disappointed. Yes, Thank you're right. you. So good. Oh, don't you feel good? I do. Uh, Gina Carano is not going to be returning as Cara Dune. That development came out a couple of months ago. 
Uh, there were what uh, folks deemed to be controversial social media posts. Disney decided they would cut ties with her, so she's she was not going to be in the series. Such a great character. That's really liked a, her character. Yeah. Wonder yep. if they'll recast it. I don't know. They said um, they were. They said they were. Okay. Yeah, I did like that character. I. She's just so interesting looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she's beautiful yeah. and also can beat the living crap. Yeah, she's ba and beautiful at the same time. Yes, it's awesome. She's strong. Yeah. Yeah. Should we call that ba beautiful? I like ah, it. I like, I like it. it. I like it. I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> also, this, The Mandalorian Season 3, similar to WandaVision, is going to lead into a Star Wars event series. Now, WandaVision is leading into a big movie. So that was all like a mini series leading into a movie. The Mandalorian Season 3 is going to be um, bringing together this big Star Wars event series. It's untitled at this point. There are all sorts of spinoffs, though. There's Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, is going to be coming out. The Book of Boba Fett, aforementioned. But Season 3 of The Mandalorian will be a big jumping-off point for this Star Wars event series. Okay. Also, there's a new trilogy of Star Wars movies that's being worked on, too, by director... Oh, uh, my gosh. I don't know if it's Rain Johnson or Ryan Johnson, R-I-A-N. I I think it's Ryan. Ryan Johnson. And uh, he is... He's going to direct an episode of this new Mandalorian season. John Favreau is going to be back at the helm again for the third awesome. year in a row. Um, but yeah, he's also working on a Star Wars new movie trilogy. I do miss John Favreau as an actor. <laughs> Don't you? Swinger, or what was yeah. it? Yeah, Swingers, and he was on Friends. He even did that part where he was a UFC fighter on Friends. You guys, remember yes. That? He also had a good little bit part in. Four Christmases? Uh, four Christmases yeah, with his buddy Vince Vaughn. Just great. Oh. That's too bad. But he's a fantastic... Like, I did not realize how um, how much of an amazing... I mean, I didn't, I didn't know... I thought that his stuff was more recent. I had no idea that he's been directing for so long now. And all the doing, way back to Swingers. Right? Like, I had no idea. This guy is talented across all levels. He's I awesome. Mean, even if you just have to have a three-title resume, and if it is Swingers, Elf, and The Mandalorian... Not too bad. Did he direct Elf? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And plays the doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's funny. He's funny. He's, he's very funny, funny, right? Yeah. He used to have that great show that was sort of before its time, Dinner for Five. That's right. It was great. And I it was, watched that a little bit. Oh, it was really cool because it's John Favreau and then four other buddies from the entertainment industry, actors, producers, writers, directors, and then they all just had a meal and there were a gazillion cameras all around them and then they just had a conversation. It was really, yeah. really cool. Very good. Before other people were doing it. Exactly. This is back on HBO back in like the early 2000s. And scene. Uh, guys, don't forget, we are asking for you to draw the state of Minnesota without looking at it. Mm-hmm. Take a picture of your drawing with your phone and post it to Facebook. <laughs> you guys turned this into a... Oh, yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, just to see if we were the only idiots out there. Oh, gosh. Turns out we are in the minority, <laughs> Yes, when you guys were drawing those, I was looking. I'm like, you have lived here long enough. But you can know you can know something and just not be able to draw it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like drawing a smiley. Let me like, try. I can Let me recognize try. the state of Minnesota anywhere. I just, I, you know, when someone puts you on the spot like that, it's. I know it's different. Steve. All right, we'll 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 uh, make fun of Grant's drawing here when we come back from break. After the break, let's get into a study, my friends. Uh, what car color do you think holds its value the best? Hmm. What car color 
holds its value the best. Grant's picture of Minnesota sucked, in case you're not watching from home. Uh, We'll get into that study. Oh, and there was a big surprise on American Idol last night, and not a lot of people were happy about it. We'll tell you about that when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on my top. Hey, big shout out to our friends at Chill Boys for sponsoring our podcast. Yes, Chill Boys is local. They make really comfortable and cooling men's underwear. The fabric is breathable and flexible because it's made from bamboo with a little smidge of spandex, and you could get a great deal right now on your first purchase. Yeah, you go to chillboys.com and then use the promo code MYTALK when you're there. What will await you besides a great deal? How about the most comfortable fabric that you will ever put over your nether regions? You need to believe me when I tell you that because it's true. I've tried all sorts of different kinds, including some really big names out there that say we have the most comfortable. Nay, said the horse, you do not. The Chill Boys are so comfortable. They're made of this bamboo fabric, which is just like made up of cumulonimbus clouds. It feels so good. (laughs) It is so cool. And my groin has been super happy with me ever since I made the switch. Good to know. Great for biking, (laughs) hiking, fishing, working out. No wedgies, no chafing, no odor. You guys, you got to try these. Go to chillboys.com. Don't forget to use that promo code MYTALK. Chill Boys, comfort where it counts. Good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Let's study, buddy. Studies have shown that studies medic- have shown that the microbial. Several long-term studies have shown they've studied the studies. Several scientific studies have shown. And here with their findings are study buddies. The perfect nerd couple. Donna and Steve. Well, you know, hey, Donna, let me uh, let me tell you the, the American Idol news first. Okay. Last night, kind of a big shakeup in the world of American Idol. Do you remember last year, American Idol had that weird season, of course, because of the pandemic, where their top 10 had to perform from home, and they sent them a camera kit and lighting kit, and then they had to just perform from their living room and their kitchen, and at one point they took a reverse shot, and there was someone just had like a garbage bag sitting next to the... Uh, garbage can in the kitchen. It just felt very like, oh, we have to do this. Okay, go record your idol thing, and then we got to get back to normal life. (laughs) Arthur Gunn was the runner-up last year. And uh, he had come over, oh, goodness, I'm forgetting from what country, but he just had like this lovely story, kind of a cool, grovelly voice, kind of a CCR vibe to him. Anyway. We loved him. We loved Arthur Gunn. He ended up coming in second place. Although, awkwardly, his family looked like they had won whenever they said, and the winner of American Idol is, and then they didn't say his name, and his family like celebrated pop champagne, and we were like, they don't know he lost. Anyway, they invited a bunch of people back on Idol a couple weeks ago, and it was, I believe, 10 contestants from last year, and they were going to shake the contest up like it's never been shaken up before, and give these contestants a chance to join the new top 10 of this year, since last year was kind of whack. Lewis Knight, you might remember Lewis Knight was a really good singer last year. I, his performance was awesome a couple of weeks ago, his comeback performance. He did not go through. They start the show last night. Hey, here's the answer to the big question, who would make it through? Turns out it's Arthur Gunn, the runner-up from last year, is now in the top 10 of this year's American Idol. Wow. So they all performed live last night. It was a Disney edition. John Stamos was the uh, musical mentor last night. And they did it from Disney World, and it was really cool. You know, they, they did the mentoring sessions from Disney World, and then they performed live in their L.A. studio. Point being, they go from the top ten to the top seven last night. Arthur Gunn is, comes down to the final few to decide who's going to go into the top seven. He was the final person voted <gasps> through wow. to the top seven. 
Some people really happy who loved Arthur Gunn and wish he had a, that the year went a little differently for him last year. Other Twitter users very upset about it because they feel like he had his chance. Let us now have a shot at the crown this year. So a lot of people on Twitter seem kind of bitter about the idea, saying, didn't he already have his run at it? And now we bring in a silver medalist from last year yeah, and takes up a spot in our top 10 I and now that. our top seven. I mean, because you oftentimes it's the runner up who does, has more success yeah. than yeah. the winner. And I can't imagine he hasn't been offered a record deal. I don't think he has. <laughs> and I say that because he produced a record and, and I checked out some of his songs sometime in the latter half of 2020. And I remember thinking, oh, no, he's left to his own devices here. And he's trying this kind of music where I thought he needs a record label behind him. Producers to say, here's the direction we should take you. His music got went from really CCR to really weird. Just wasn't good. Oh. Anyway, he's back in. That's what people are talking about with American Idol today. Got it. I like him. Uh, Don't you think, ahead. though, you can in a year you can grow a lot as a musician? If, if You know, I mean... I know that he was yeah. second, but at least, you know, he, he grew. They have brought other contestants back in the past to perform that were on it in the past, just not second place winners. Yeah, the second place is it. And the fact that he didn't enter the audition process all over again. Oh. Yeah. They go through the Hollywood rounds. They do it all. And then there they just go. bring him back. That's so just, yeah, that's they felt right. like it was a shortcut for a there guy who already had his chance. Yeah, I get that. But Sorry. He does look more poised as a performer. Really? He used to do like a demonic eye roll thing where he was like blinking really quick and mm. wouldn't make eye contact. He looks more comfortable on stage, but some people were saying you could even sense the tension of the guy from last year now getting voted on. It just felt a little weird. So anyway, mm. now you're up to date on American Idol. Can we study for a moment? Sure. Hit it. Oh, you want me to hit it again? So, oh, did you already hit Studies it? Studies have yes. shown that no, have shown shown that I did. Unbelievable. Yeah. Kill it. All right, there you go. <laughs> Uh, and you say that I'm a little off today. <laughs> if you want to go sound... Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. You know I love good food, and that is what I love about Factor. It's fresh, never-frozen meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and get this all ready to go in just two minutes. Never get sick of the same thing with Factor as you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week. That includes Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and if you're watching the carbs like me, a great keto option as well. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash DS50 and use code DS50 to get 50% off. That's code DS50 at factormeals.com slash DS50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Bite for soundbite <laughs> as to who was more off today. If you missed earlier, Grant when wins, I said, you name another fine. white rapper besides Eminem. Missy. To which she said, well, what about... Missy Elliott. <laughs> Did you say Lil' Kim? No, I said Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Latifah. 
It was a really weird moment, guys. None of us knew what was yeah, happening. I think it was a, it was a W association. It was thing. women. You heard women when I said white because we were mentioning Eminem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're all getting better together. Uh, hey, this is an interesting study about the color cars that do the best at holding their value if you end up selling it down the road or the worst at holding their value. So this new study, I love studies that look at dumb things like this, looked at which car colors hold the value the best over a span of three years. Mm, are we supposed to guess? You, I think it would be more fun if you guess. I want to say black. Okay. And Grant, I'll, and that would have been my pick because they look the they look the nicest, but they chip the easiest. They don't stay as clean as well, so their paint their their scratches are a little more obvious. So I'm going to go with the car that color I'm not a fan of: white primer paint. White Ugh. doesn't get dirty. It doesn't mm. chip. It doesn't show. Even though I don't like it, I think it probably holds the best. This study that looked at this said that yellow cars what who's got a yellow car sell for the highest price of any color car was well, that because maybe like Speed. corvettes yes p- probably mustangs yeah. i don't know that yeah ferraris lamborghinis Ugh. the rest of the top five colors that hold their value the best with vehicles are beige that's what i would have guessed second orange who's got an orange car green and gray Love a gray. Gray is great. Great. It's nice because it has that dark look, but doesn't get dirty like a nice dark black car. Mm. Yes, yeah, Oh, good metallic color on your car. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, metallic shiny. gray. Mm. Oh, love gorge. it. Mm. Oh, it makes me want to go buy a car. Do it. Do it. I have friends who have bought cars sight unseen. That's correct. Just bought it, gave it, a, put it on a credit card. To get the points. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, because some people have like $22,000 credit lines on their credit. Wow. Credit, credit. <laughs> We're losing her. Donna's hanging credit. out with the high rollers. Over now here. here to perform at Donna Valentine's funeral, Missy <laughs> Elliott. <laughs> and now singing a song from Queen Latifah's library. Uh, by the way, the color that holds its value the worst is gold. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, but, that's ironic, right? Here's, I know. Here's a comparison. Yellow cars, the best performing color, they lose an average of 20% of their value after three years. Gold cars lose more than 45% of their value. Now, this is just a coincidence, right? Because a car's value really has nothing to do yes. with anything but performance and body. Mm. Right. Yes. The, the, there. I think I'm, I'm with you. Like truck. The truck world. The resale world of trucks is the best resale world out there. They hold their value the best. Is that right? Yes. Pickup trucks because of all the guys that use them for work. Good point. Yeah. Grant pulled up beside me in his big fancy pickup truck on Friday. I know, it's very large. What I, I did. was in my little sensible crossover SUV. I look like a total wang. All right. Money Monday, When we come back, it's Money Monday, yeah. Uh, The books that you need to add to your reading list. This from The Rich. That's next. Warm weather is finally here. It's summertime and the perfect time to join the Y. The Y has outdoor pools and splash decks at locations throughout the area for fun days with family and friends. And here's the best part. If you join by May 13th, you'll get $5 enrollment and 25% off dues for the whole summer. Swim on over to ymcanorth.org and join today. Donna and Steve on my top 1071 everything entertainment. It happens to be Monday. 
so we're going to talk about money. Good. Let's talk about money. Money Monday. There are more things in the world to buy. It's Donna and Steve. Than most people have money for. So, so money Monday. Choices have to be made. But mostly it's Steve. I saw this on Kumbaka.com this morning, or CNBC, excuse me, <laughs> CNBC.com this morning. They said, uh, during CNBC Invest in You's recent virtual event, Finding Your Financial Success, Caleb Kiberiat, a single, senior English major at Rutgers University, Donna, mm, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, you got it. asked the panelist, what is a book that you recommend to everybody about personal finance, and what is a book that maybe revolutionized you in the way that you think? Hmm. So with that, we have a, uh, a fun list of books that you might add to your reading list, or maybe, just maybe, I'm not telling you how to parent, but maybe you have some kids who are going to be graduating high school here in the next four weeks, and you're thinking, I should equip them with some good financial knowledge, since Donna, as I like to say, the good Lord in heaven knows our school system is not including personal finance curriculum. True. Maybe we give them a little something to empower them. Um, there is a, uh, I don't know who all of these people on the panelists are, by the way, but we're just going to go with it. Um, Anthony Chan was on this panel at Rutgers and said, you should read Broke Millennial. It's by an author named Aaron Lowry, and they say it is a step-by-step guide that illustrates to readers how to evaluate their own understanding and their relationship with money. Lowry talks uh, readers through how to get, quote, financially naked with their partners. Hmm. Great. I knew you would say that. Repeat the name of the book. The name of the book is called The Broke Millennial. Broke Millennial. Broke Millennial. And I like, to a book that talks to you about your relationship with money is always interesting. Because so much of what we do is emotional with money it is you know it's not exactly math if it was math we'd have far fewer problems where donna well i'm right here um oh you left our little live feed so now we can't see yeah i like how private you went hey guys here's another one um let's go to damon john from shark tank he said the book that uh he would recommend is by benjamin graham and the book is called the intelligent investor Graham was actually a mentor to billionaire Warren Buffett, who is 90 years old, by the way. And he teaches readers strategies on how to successfully use value investing in the markets. It's not exactly the sexiest form of a personal finance book, but I mean, the guy's got cred if he was a mentor to Warren Buffett at one point, one of the richest men on the planet. Value investing, if you don't know that, is a strategy for picking stocks that investors think are trading below their intrinsic value, and therefore they would be considered cheap. That's obviously what you want to get into so that those will eventually recover and then you profit. Damon John also cited a book that I've never read, but oh goodness, if you've ever been on a personal development blog, especially in the world of personal finance, It's by an author named Napoleon Hill. It's an old classic book called Think and Grow Rich. Hmm. He said that that book changed his worldview. He was inspired by the author. Um, He was inspired by the author. The author went on to write about 
Andrew Carnegie or Carnegie. It was published in 1937 during the Great Depression. People still quote this book, cite this book, point people to this book. It's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This is a mindset one. This okay. is a mindset book, not I, a tactical. Here's I, how to do your 401k. I feel like these books, it's really hard to keep someone's attention for an entire book about money, right? To keep I, it interesting. I, I get that. They yeah. need to figure out a way to keep it interesting. Yeah. I lo- I'm the wrong person to talk. I know what you mean. Like Any I money book I find interesting. As reference. Like I have a couple of Susie Orman's books. And yeah. Young, Broken, Fabulous is a good book. Yeah. So Susie I'll Orman. like look at the, the name of the chapter and go, okay, what do I need to know right now? What do I need to learn about? Instead of reading it front to back, cover to cover, I, I kind of cherry pick what I want to read about. Yeah, and some of them are like that. I'm just having trouble with my 401k. I don't know what to do. Go to the page on retirement. Yeah, I get that. you know what really interests me is knowing the difference between a living will, mm-hmm. a regular will, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, Clickbait. Really? No, I was just pretending like it was a sexy topic. What's the difference between a living will and a, oh, I you know, or a living trust and a I understand, just yeah. trust? It, there's a there are a lot of things, and some of them are better for or making it easier for your family after you die Mm -hmm. yeah without having to go to probate and yeah like that's the kind of stuff like i'm like oh it's just too much i can't wrap my head around anything it's a lot maybe you. you would like this okay lauren williams is an olympian she was on this panel at rutgers university talking about investing in you she was the first american woman to earn a medal in both the summer and winter olympics pretty impressive that is really impressive Uh, she said you know as a sports enthusiast we have to get our mind right to make our body do what we want in order to organize our finances accordingly we first have to get our mindset correct so she suggested the book the psychology of money In that book, uh, the author shares 19 short stories exploring the unique ways that people think about their money and how they behave with their money. I like that. She also read the book, The Year of Yes, which was written by Shonda Rhimes a few years ago. She says that it's in that book, essentially, is Shonda Rhimes encouraging you to take risks, say yes to things that you're scared of. You know, I love that. I like I like yeah. the sound of that. Me too. Uh, here's another one. We're talking about personal finance books that you could get maybe for the upcoming high school graduate in your life, or maybe just for you. This you just finally want to take a little control. Knowledge is power, boy. You read one financial book, honest to goodness, if you commit the 300 pages, you can learn so much. You can go from total dummy to mildly confident novice, hmm. which like is you. a big difference. I feel like a mildly confident novice. Yeah. Yes, I do. Tons that I don't know, but I feel less scared about stuff than I used to because I've read some stuff. Uh, okay, so this last book is called One Up on Wall Street. It's it's a book that there was a man named Martin Cabrera who was on this panel who recommended it. said it brings a lot of investing prowess, breaking it down in layman's terms on how people should be picking stocks. There's another book that I read called The Only Investment Guide You'll Ever Need. I believe it's by an author named Andrew Tobias. That really breaks things down in a pretty simple way. Um it's Money, Honey. We had the author of It's Money, Honey on the mm-hmm. Don and Steve show a few years ago. That is a geared toward millennials. Yes. It's millennial language, yes. 
but it's it's a it's an interesting book. And then I think I read another book on tape called F- Fast Lane Millionaire, and it's a guy who is saying try to come up with a side stream of income that has an opportunity to pop as opposed to just doing the 401k so that you have some more. He was the guy, remember we were talking about this last week? Do you just want to do traditional retirement, store up all this money, and then start to enjoy it in your 60s, either early or late 60s? Or do you want to, is there a different way to structure retirement Hmm. and enjoying the money and putting to use the money that you've accrued over a life of 40-hour work weeks, week after week. Is that That's not Grant Cardone, Cardone, is it? Is that a different guy? Could be Grant Cardone. What do you know about Grant Cardone, Grant? You I only just, read Grant's? I follow him on Facebook because he's always talking about the same thing you said, not having to work 40-hour weeks and getting your income into other ways where you can constantly have money coming in and yes. all. How important that is. Which to, is why you're selling baseball cards and things like or sports, sports Exactly. I don't just, you know, I try to find other ways to bring in money, but he's... You know, I don't know what he's like as a person, but his financial advice is very, very sound. I think this is by a guy named MJ DeMarco. It's called The Millionaire Fast Lane. What's the full title? I always like a the full title on a, on a financial book. Uh, the Millionaire Fast Lane, Crack the Code to Wealth and Live Rich for a Lifetime, as opposed to Living Rich in Your Retirement Years. Hmm. I was just thinking because Grant Cardone did that thing where he took a hundred bucks and turned it into a million. Have you seen that thing where he's no. got a show out now? He's he basically moves into a town with a hundred bucks, and then he's got a challenge. Is it's a two or three part series where he has to turn a hundred dollars into a million dollars, and he's so good at. Um, I'll find the name of it here. One second, I apologize. He's the ten x your business income and life, the number one sales and marketing trainer in the world. Transform your life today. Yeah. He looks like the most interesting man in the world. Kind of looks like the Dos Equis guy. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, from 100 to 1 million in only 90 days. It's uh, It came out in December of 2020. Um, it's a few-part series. But, yeah, he basically moves into a town and introduces himself, meets these people, like meets a guy and says, hey, can I sleep in your RV park for a night? I'm, you know, basically gains all these relationships and turns this $100 into a million dollars. No way. In 90 wow. days. No, how did he do that? You got to watch that. I mean, I'm on the, I'm halfway through the first one right now. And he literally just started talking where he got his first night into town and he found a place to sleep by meeting a guy who owns an RV park. And he set up a relationship through him, through talking and just networking. And he trusted him to stay in his RV park that night by working a little bit. So he's just, you know, he can't spend that hundred bucks on a bed. He has to figure out ways to invest that hundred dollars. So it goes everything from finding a way to sleep, to eat, to eventually well, where making Where did money. he move to? What state? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know the exact state. I'm okay, sorry. Sorry. Follow-up question. No, that's okay. How about this real quick? I know we're almost out of time. There was another guy. Uh, his name is John Lee Dumas. And he started this podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. And truthfully, like his broadcasting chops, I'm sure they've gotten better over the years, sounded kind of green, to put Mm, it that way, when he's on the air. But he interviewed people, business people, and just did the same formula, same kind of interview. Then he started selling like workbooks and things like that, you know, ways that you could be a part of the community. And every day, and I started first listening to him five years ago. Six years ago. And he has since then always put his income up on his website. Oh, his, wow. His March 2021 income uh, from starting his own podcast, from listening to a podcast and saying, I bet you I could do that same thing and interview interesting people. His March 2021 income was $313,000. Wow. String a few of those together, gang. Yeah. And you're 
If you like pina coladas. I linked um, all this list of, of these books up for everybody at mytalk1071.com. Kay? All righty. When we come back, uh, Donna knows the best place to get pizza in the great state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Speaking of her, the state that she is, mm-hmm. our Facebook question today was, Draw Minnesota. Without looking at it for reference, because Donna and I, Donna worse than me, sucked hard at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will review some of your submissions in our drawing contest coming up next on the Donna and Steve Show on My Talk. Final stretch of the Donna and Steve Show on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Woo-wee. Before we get to our Facebook question, which was draw us a picture. Which is embarrassing for us, Donna. <laughs> but uh, now, in our defense. Okay. We didn't specify on Facebook that they should not look at the state of Minnesota before drawing it. I don't think they did. I think that people are just better than we. Yeah, I think you might be right. You're right. I was getting a little defensive. Um, Food and Wine magazine has put out a list of the best pizza in every state. What are we? Where, what are we? Where are we going? First of all, they told you, uh, tell us which state has the best pizza. And that, my friends, is New Jersey. Of course. Oh, Donna, this okay. What? No, I believe you. It just feels like you sort of handpicked this story, <laughs> curated. No. New York, I think, was number two. Or no, maybe not even number two. I don't think New York was number two. If they put Chicago Deep Dish in there before New York, I'm going to get mad. Okay, number one is New Jersey. Number two is, oh gosh, i got to scroll, Connecticut. Best pizza? You're talking New York slice of pie is not even in the top two? Nope. Oh. Number three is New York. New York's so far looks the best as far as the pictures they posted. Oh, yes, because it is. Number four is Illinois. There you Chicago. go. Chicago. That's that there deep dish. Go. Forget that crap. I yeah, don't need a spoon like for that, my pizza. Thank right? you, Steve. I don't thank need you. to eat a donut Such with garbage. cheese on it. Yeah. <laughs> We're pissing so many people off with that comment. <laughs> Michigan is in there. Anyway, so then they break it down. Um, which pizza place is the best place in your state? Oh, okay. That's fun. Ours. Oh, Do you yeah. think you can guess? What it might be? I'm. I have a guess, and I hope it's not it. Don't say Domino's, or I'm going to smoke. Oh you. no, I'm not even. No, I'm, okay. I'm leaving all chain, like well, the major chains out of there. Mine is a chain, it's kind of a local chain, but I don't find it to be Devani's. No, I like Devani's. I'm thinking. Should I say it? Yeah. Say it. Pizza Luce. People what do a, like their Pizza Luce. Pizza Luce. People like. What about Pizzeria Lola? You're getting closer, Steve. What about Pig Ate My Kitchen? Pig ate my pizza, kitchen and breweries. Black sheep pizza? Never heard of that. Black sheep. Oh, yeah. Don't they have a black sheep pizza at the airport? Not sure. Oh. Ours. Red, Red Savoy? No. No, you're getting warmer. Young Joni. You got it. What? Yep. And Kim. Wow. Yep. Good yes. stuff. Yeah, she's good. She Delish. knows the stuff. Oh, so good. I um link this up for everybody at my She linked it up! Yeah. Dot. I'll tell you what, maybe the best piece of piece, individual piece of pizza that I've ever had was from Surly, and it's called the Who's Your Daddy, and there is honey on it. Oh, 
Guys, I'm not kidding. I believe you. It was the best piece of pizza I've ever had. It tastes so great. So great. Very good. (laughs) What am I doing? It was very, very good. Very tough. It wasn't tough. It was good. I liked it. It was easy (laughs) to bite into. What's going on? Like arguing with yourself. Who cares, Donna? (laughs) But it was it was so stinking good. And honey is I have learned that honey is the X factor in many recipes. If there's a recipe that you say that has a sweetness to it that you just can't put on it, there's a je ne sais quoi quality. Mm. It's the touch. It's honey. It's probably honey. I do like honey. I do. You could put a little honey on um, with a little balsamic on some... um, Bread. I was going to go with Brussels sprouts, but okay. (laughs) Okay. You could put almost anything on bread. Honey on chicken isn't bad either. Oh, so yeah. good. Fried chicken even too. Oh, I put rib, uh, honey on my ribs that sucked yesterday. Really? Yeah, what you do is you put like your basic rub on there, whatever that is, your barbecue rub. And then after three hours and you bring it before you wrap it for two hours, drizzle honey on it and some brown sugar. I oh. like it. I like it. Everything was set up for these ribs to taste good except for the fact that they weren't. <laughs> for the second week in a row. I oh, just don't understand. But oh, the brisket wow. the day before was so, so good. You know, I'm always uh, the most, I'm like really analyzing when I'm taking bites, but people around the table, my wife said to me at one point, this is a real accomplishment. <laughs> and I was like, that, those are really, that wasn't like, oh, this is yummy or oh, this is good. It was a measured compliment that she gave me and it, Really got me jacked up. In fact, I'm going to spritz Aww. on some cologne right now. Just to- <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you have another job to go to after this one. Oh, um, yeah. I'm rushing right out. By so. the way, so I was on Twin Cities Live with Steve. Thank you again for having me. Your Thank staff you for coming on. Lovely. You were great. Grant got to hang out during the episode as well. And we should mention for the long time, my talk listeners, it was really a, a bizarro world <laughs> because we also had former Donna and Steve show producer Ryan Perpich. He came down to the studio. So at one point we had Donna and Steve and Ryan and Grant all in the same room. Some said it would never happen. It was fun. It was was great. Yes. And then Ryan went up to produce the 430 News afterward. And was waving. Oh, hey. Oh. Oh, you guys are here. <laughs> Did you get vaccinated yet? Oh, great. That's great. He, he does miss the radio side a lot. I know yeah. he was telling me how much he misses all the listeners and yeah. the fun that he had with the radio side of things. So he does miss miss it a lot. Yeah. Well, we miss him. We've got a lot of love for Ryan, but it was great to have us all in there together. It Why really do you bring was. up the show, Donna? Oh, because um, during the show, we had the opportunity to play Pictionary, sort of. Both you and I had to draw the state of Minnesota. That was one of the assignments given mm-hmm. to us by your producer. And we did very, very poorly. And yes. so on Facebook, you thought it would be fun to see. Just draw. Just draw Minnesota without looking. And then we got like incredible, incredible okay. drawings. They're good. I'm holding some up just so that Donna can reference them. Grant's yours Follow sucks. Uh, you think it's good? <laughs> It's not. It's terrible. It's not good. Wait, Grant, I want to see yours. I'm looking at Facebook. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Only, well, Donna, yours looked like one of the ghosts from Pac-Man. So anything in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. When I saw that, that's pretty good. No, that's not, Donna. It's better than what I did. Backwards. Um, So I just saw it and went, 
I'm not going to spend any time on this because it's going to be bad. That's very good. That one's amazing. Really this good. person drew that on what appears to a be toilet case. paper. Oh, I thought it was a pillowcase. No, I, that's tissue or toilet paper. Okay. Caught him at the right moment. Um, yeah, so I looked at it and went, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So here's a square with a bubbly head. Thank you. Uh, you guys, great artists. Really, really good. Very good. Can I uh, yes. share with you a story of Tom Brady at the Kentucky Durop- Dur- Dur- Derby? Looking like the villain from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> uh, this is linked this is up for really you guys, our listeners. Uh, it is great. Don and I were talking about this this morning. And I was like, I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. He does. Exactly. It is so funny. Imagine a fedora. Nice fitting suit, a bald face, and then really circular glasses. Was that Christopher Lloyd, by the way, who played the... I think it was. I thought it was. I think it was Christopher Lloyd. I love Christopher Lloyd. Doc Brown. Uh, That's funny. Oh, that's funny. It said, somebody wrote, when I killed your brother, I talked just like this. Ah! Face gets go. all big. Oh. Yeah, so good. All right, we got to go. Colleen and Bradley are coming in next. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 9.